This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Thanks to Stamps.com for supporting Made for This. Stop wasting time going to the post office and go to Stamps.com instead. Use code Made for This to get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale, no long-term commitments or contracts. So today I'm with Laura Wiffler, who is the executive director of Risen Motherhood, and she hosts an incredible podcast with her sister-in-law, and it's huge. If you've never heard of it, you need to go check it out right now. It's a fantastic resource that truly equips us as moms to be gospel-centered and what does it look like to do this job that God's given us well. And so I'm so excited to have you, Laura. And let's just start with you telling everybody just a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. Well, first off, thanks so much for having me here. It's really fun to get to chat with you today. And as you said, my name is Laura Whistler. I am a mom to three kids. I live in central Iowa. And about five or six years ago, we started a little hobby podcast uh, called Risen Motherhood, which has now grown into a nonprofit ministry. And it is just a complete joy to get to participate in that. Um, where we produce resources, uh, Bible studies, and scripture journals, and podcasts, and social media, and articles, and all sorts of things where we're really just trying to help moms understand what it means to live in light of the gospel and how that changes their everyday lives. And then I have a children's book recently out called Anytime, Anyplace, Any Prayer, um, all about prayer. So that's a little bit about me. Amazing. Okay, let's go with this because I think we were just talking actually offline about the pressures we feel as mothers. And those of you that are listening and lots of you don't have kids, let me just say this. This is still relevant to you because I I think all of us put pressure on ourselves in lots of different ways. And so let's talk about just what it feels like to be a human, but specifically with roles like motherhood where we're free and where we don't live paralyzed by guilt. Because I think that is probably, you know, I, if I look back at my 20-year-old self, if I could tell myself something heading into my 20s, you know, before even I had kids, it would be, don't be so hard on yourself. Like there's a sense of just all the time I was questioning everything I was doing. And yet the Holy Spirit lived inside of me. I had, I was doing my best to obey God. Like it wasn't, I was massively off track. And yet there was this constant um, bombardment of guilt and feeling like, gosh, I'm screwing everything up. So talk just about that. I'm sure you hear that from people you minister to because I think motherhood brings it on strongest. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, I'm right there with you that I feel like motherhood brought me to my knees to where I realized, oh my goodness, I can't do anything right. I honestly feel like up until motherhood, I probably had more of a a prideful mentality of like, Hey, I can do this and I can rock this. And then, um, when I got into becoming a mom, there are just so many voices that call to you and tell you, this is the way you should do it. This is what it should look like. This is how to be a good mom. And so you try to keep up with that. You try to keep up with all the voices and very quickly you realize that that is an impossible task. And so I think no matter what life stage anyone is in, what is so important is to know our purpose and calling on this earth. Like what does God really call us to? And what does he truly ask of his people? And at the end of the day, 
it is much less complicated than how we tend to make it in our minds. You know, on social media, we see these, these yeah. people who have amazing jobs and they have perfect looking kids and they're doing homemade food and they're doing all these amazing things and we catch all these snippets. And so we, we kind of cobble together this version of, hey, well, there, that is a Christian person. That is a Christian woman, a Christian mom. But really what God has called us to is to love him and to love others. It's as simple as that. And so a lot of times what I will do is just step back when I'm feeling all these voices call and say, okay, Lord, what do you have for me in this moment right now? In the house that I am living in, in the neighborhood that I am at, with the school my kids go to, with the job that I currently have, what do you ask of me? And asking that simple question, I think can often offer a lot of clarity and Mm -hmm. to look at our day and say, what does it look like for me to be faithful to God in this? And so that means loving God. And and when God is our first and foremost, when he is our priority, that will shape us loving other people. We don't have to focus on being this perfect mom or this perfect woman or entrepreneur. We just need to focus on saying, I love Jesus and I want to radiate his glory to everyone around Mm -hmm. me. And that can really simplify, I think, the question in our minds. So your daughter, one of your kids has developmental delays. Let's talk about that for a minute because several people I love right now are walking through a long-term difficult thing, right? Where you you really don't see an end to when that is going to get easier. So talk just a little bit about what that experience has been like for you, for her, for your family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my youngest daughter has a genetic disease. So she has global delays to where when she was first diagnosed, the doctors told us, hey, she more than likely will never walk. She will never talk. Obviously it was incredibly discouraging. It was really, really hard. I can still be brought back to that moment in the waiting room and feel like I could cry thinking about it. But over time, actually our daughter has really um, exceeded a lot of expectations. She now walks, she is starting to learn to run. Um, and she speaks at, at probably, you know, a few years behind, maybe more like um, a 12 or 18 month old to where she is starting to have some verbal skills, but it's mostly me that understands her, my husband and myself, but walking through any kind of suffering is just one of those things that I think, well, let me back up a little bit. I, I want to say, going back to diagnosis, when she was first diagnosed, I told a dear friend of mine. She was a mom that was further along down the path. Her son had special needs and he was about my age. So she Mm -hmm. had walked through this very thing. And I shared with her just how discouraged I was and how sad I was and what this news was. And she grabbed my hand and she held it and she smiled at me. And she just said, oh, what a gift. What a gift. She said, you will learn so much from her because God has used my child to teach me about so many things. This is a gift. And I will be honest, Jenny, in that moment, I thought, no, no, you can't be right. You cannot be right. I I wanted to reject that. And I wanted to push that away. But I also knew that I could trust this woman. I had, I'd grown up with her. I'd known her for years. I knew she had walked this path already. And I think that the biggest thing that I have really learned as I've walked through this or any other suffering is just the kindness and goodness of God. And to really ask myself, okay, what is it that I'm expecting or wanting out of this life? And I think that my theology and my Christian upbringing would have said, okay, we want to be, I want God. I want God and God only, but my actions, my behaviors, and even my reaction somewhat to some of the suffering in my life would have said, well, I want God plus an easy life. I want God, yeah. plus, you know, successful children that go to college. I want God plus 
the promise of being an empty nester someday. And we all have our kind of God blessed thing. And I was so convicted by this idea um, in Psalm 27, when the psalmist says, one thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. Or Philippians 3.13, Paul says, one thing I do, I press on toward the goal of the prize and the call of God in Jesus Christ. Mm. Or even the life of Christ, right? He, he came for one reason and one reason only, to do the will of the Father, one thing. And when this is our goal, when, when this is our one thing, our life is Christ, then everything mm. else begins to pale in comparison. And that was so pivotal for me to learn when going through this suffering is that my goal isn't to have easier days. My goal isn't, you know, to raise children in what the world might say is a successful way. My goal is to, to love God and love others. Like we talked about earlier, it's, it's to really say that, okay, God, you are sovereign and I trust you. I trust you are for my good and that anything from your hand is to grow me in sanctification and into Christ likeness. Because my expectation isn't that I'm going to get everything I want here, because I know that I'm going to get it someday on the shores of heaven. And so that's a hope we can look forward to. And I think that that has just been a truth that's been rooted deep in my bones and changed the way that I really perceive anything that happens to me. Because when you believe this, you live life with a lot less worry and a lot less anxiety and a lot less frustration Mm -hmm. because you accept from God's hand what he gives to you as good gifts. Yeah. So I want to talk about this even on a practical level, especially in light of what we're talking about this season. I really believe you're right. I think something about letting go of what this life is supposed to be is is when everything changed for me. I had way less anxiety. I did feel more free. I accepted difficulty that came, which it often does and always will, right? It just it it always it's like waves um, where if you're not suffering, you're probably headed into a season of it. So. I I think you're right. I think there's something about that 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 belief and that internal theology truly is what it is. It's just a belief that God is enough and that this life doesn't have to work out because we have a future hope, right? And then we can find the joy in it. There's something about, you know, that acceptance that that brings joy. I want to talk about though also a really practical side of this. When you have a baby, anybody has a baby, when you have a baby with special needs, certainly this even increases, there's like practical things you have to do to survive, right? Like we can't be healthy people and, you know, never sleep and never have help or, you know, like what are the practical things that that God gave you or that you chose in the last few years that have have helped you not kind of sink and spiral into unhealth or or just isolation? Well, I think the first thing is, is just what we're talking about. Like there is an acceptance that comes with, and it brings peace, but that doesn't mean we don't grieve. And that doesn't mean that mm-hmm. you don't share and be honest about your feelings. I mean, just because I feel like I learned to say, Lord, I accept what you've given. Didn't mean that I wasn't sad, that I wasn't right. upset about it, that I wasn't at times even angry. And we can look to scripture and see that it is 100% okay to ask God why. It's okay to, to, to even just say like, Lord, I don't like this. I don't want this. And I don't understand this. And so having people around me that I could talk to and be really vulnerable and honest with, that I could cry, that I could sort of 
just say this isn't fair. This doesn't, I don't know why this is happening. That is so key and so important. I think to anyone who's going through any type of suffering is to be really brutally honest about your feelings and to find those people that you can be vulnerable with. If you're looking for ways to skip the trip to the post office and dodge all the hectic holidays, shopping traffic, save time and money with stamps.com. Stamps.com lets you compare rates, print labels, and access exclusive discounts on UPS and USPS services all year long. It just makes sense, especially if your business sends more mail and packages during this season. Whether you're selling online or running an office or side hustle, Stamps.com can save you so much time and money during the holidays. Access all the post office and UPS shipping services you need without taking the trip and get discounts you can't find anywhere else, like up to 40% off USPS rates and 76% off UPS. I hate looking for stamps. I hate that every single time I need one, I can't find one. And so stamps.com has helped me keep them around because we all don't use them quite as much as we used to. And so to have them delivered and have me waiting in line at the post office, no, cannot happen in my life right now. So you guys, go to stamps.com, save all the trouble around the holidays. Some of you, your Christmas cards are going out. You need a bunch. Sign up for the promo code made for this for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter the code made for this. What you're saying is so true and good. But I also think there's people listening that have a friend or someone they love going through a situation like yours where they can't control the outcome. What would you say to those people? Like what made your friends safe places and good listeners? So many things. I feel like walking through this taught me what I wanted to do to be a good friend. One big thing is they asked questions. I mean, they continued to just, how is she doing? How are you feeling? What therapies are you in? Mm. Are you, you know, what doctor appointments do you have lately? Uh, they, they remembered details and I don't think that you have to, like, it's okay. I'm kind of one of those people that I struggle with details pretty badly, but just even like a quick text of like, Hey, what's going on lately? Or give me an update. Yeah. The check-ins that really mattered to me. In addition so many people gather around me to bring us food and meals, yeah. to offer childcare. I mean, to just be a friend with presence. They didn't necessarily have all of the words. They didn't have the expertise. And I could sense from some of them even like a discomfort because they were like, I don't know what to say. I don't, I haven't been there. I haven't walked that. I don't know how to do that. But just like their mere presence in my life, walking into the door and saying, look, we're going to, I'm going to clean up your house. I'm going to fold your laundry. Here's dinner. Those practical things were such gifts to me. And I was in a season, especially in diagnosis where I couldn't quite pull out to see my needs. You know, if someone texts and says, Hey, how can I help you today? I would have been like, right. No clue. Yeah. <laughs> I would have, I would have probably somehow been like, I'm fine. No worries. You know, but then right, cause that's easier than thinking through it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I don't want to feel like I'm needy. You know, my natural right. tendency is to say, well, I don't want to look like I need somebody else. And yet I was rejecting like this opportunity for a friend to use their gifts, to love me well. Like, um, so I was so grateful though, when someone would come in and just say, Hey, I brought you a meal. Here it is. Yeah. Or Hey, when's your next doctor appointment? I'm going to watch your two older kiddos for you during that time. That was 
probably the best gift anyone could give me because in grief, you don't, you can't pull out enough to really understand what you need at the time. Mm. So this new book that that's coming out is called Anytime, Anyplace, Any Prayer. Where did that message come from and how have you seen prayer play a part in this, this specifically this part of your story? Oh man. Yeah. So the book is really just a theological overview of prayer for kiddos. And honestly, it was even helpful for me as I went through and tried to work through what does prayer look like in every stage. It walks through creation and in, in what prayer looked like in the garden and then what happened to prayer uh, in the fall and why it's so hard for us and then how Christ redeemed it and then how we look forward to someday talking with God face to face again. And as I worked through the book, I mean, yeah, it became so real to me to recognize the gift of prayer and to recognize that this is something that people have been doing for thousands and thousands of years, like millions and millions of prayers have been prayed and I get to join into that. And I think the thing that really just gets me is that I have direct access to bring a request, to speak mm -hmm. adoration, to worship, to the God who made the stars, yeah. to the God who set the mountains in place, who formed my precious children. Like I can talk to him as a friend and that he cares and wants to hear it. And I think as a mom, you know, I have all these truths I want my kids to learn. And many of them are in the book. And one of them is, Hey, God wants to hear us talk to him. Like, like a friend, like he doesn't want to just hear you kind of um, I don't know. My kids have a tendency to, you know, say the same things all the time, um, or maybe like repeat what they've heard from me. And I'll encourage them and say, "What would you say to your friend right now? Like, tell tell God about how you love the woods. Tell God about how you are excited to go to the park tomorrow." And I was convicted that I need to do that as well, and yeah. I can do that in my grief. I can do that in my joy, but that we have an opportunity to tell God everything and that he truly cares to hear it. Um, and to just recognize prayer for the privilege that it is. So good. So I, I actually have someone I love that is going through a moment like you went through with your daughter. I want to hear what you would say to someone that just got that diagnosis that just, you know, just found out that their whole life might be changing forever. When, when I went through diagnosis and, and, and through any suffering in my life, I think the hymn Rock of Ages has been a special comfort to me because there's this line in there and the line says, nothing in my hand I bring simply to the cross I cling. Mm -hmm. And when I went through diagnosis and other suffering, I remember just thinking, I have nothing. I do not have what it takes, Lord. It felt too unexpected, too hard, too unfair. I, I didn't feel like I had what it would take to make it through. And if you're in that spot, all you can do is cling to the cross and keep your eyes set on that. And, and I, I remember, and I would encourage anyone who's in that hard state to remember that God hasn't changed overnight. Your circumstances feel like they have. But God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so, you know, it's not that, oh, yesterday he was generous and today he is stingy. Yesterday he was kind. Today he is harsh. Yesterday he was faithful. Today he's, he's nowhere to be found. No, he is faithful, kind, and generous every single day. And so I think when we are in these moments, these are our opportunities to say, Lord, I trusted you mm -hmm. as we walked in the sun. And now can I trust you? Can I still praise you in the rain? And these are those moments that 
our faith really becomes real and, and, and that we hit that tension of what it's like to live in that already, but not yet and feel the groaning, you know, that Romans eight talks about. And, and, and again, I would go back to saying grieve, let it not be okay. Yeah. Say that this is, this is not what you want, but also remember that you grieve differently. You don't mm. despair. You have hope. You have hope in a new day and the day to come. And that God is working something out in your life. I had a friend who said once that God uses those worst moments in our life to pop the truths that we know in black and white into full color. And I can look back at my life and say that at the moment, I was not grateful. I did not understand. I was really upset at what was going on. But I think that you can talk to any believer who has been faithful for many years and they would look back and point to their suffering and say, there, right there, that's where God started yeah. transforming my life. That's where he started changing me. And in a way, we can look at that and say, oh, that, that is a good thing because I am becoming more like Christ. Mm, so good. Will you pray for that person that that is feeling that way right now as we close? Because I do believe they are... You know, I mean, there's just such, uh, again, I, this is specifically one person I'm, I've just loved so much in my life that is facing exactly what you've talked about today. And I'm so grateful for this. I cannot wait to send it to her because I do think just knowing, one, knowing that people have made it through. And, and again, you're not through, you're still in the middle of it. You have, you know, I'm sure things today that will be trying and hard, but you have not lost hope. And even if it's been hard. And so just pray for that person that that even just fears that they will, that they'll lose hope or that they, they just can't um, trust God with this scary thing that he's put before them. Absolutely. Father God, thank you so much for this opportunity to talk about your truth and your goodness and your kindness to us. Lord, I pray for anyone who is going through a diagnosis or any type of suffering. God, I pray that you would encourage them in this moment, meet them with your peace, show them that you are still present, that you are still there and that you love them so very much. God, I pray that you would just remind them of truth, that you are the same God yesterday before their circumstances changed as, as you are today. God, be with them and embolden them to know that all things from your hand are good and kind and that you are always working things towards your ultimate purpose and towards eternity. Give them the hope of eternity. Let them set their eyes on the cross and cling to that and know that they do not grieve without hope, but that there is a better day to come and that each day they're getting closer. It's in your name we pray. Amen. joy it has been to have Laura on the show today. We are so grateful for her. And if you haven't listened to her podcast with her sister-in-law, Emily Jensen, it's called Risen Motherhood. And it truly is one of the podcasts that you don't want to miss. So if you are in the trenches of little kids or momming this podcast, I'm telling you, go listen right now. Search Risen Motherhood. And, and then Laura also has a really precious book that I've been reading to my kiddos at night called Anytime, Any Place, Any Prayer. And it is so precious. It teaches our kids the importance of prayer and how God wants to speak to us all the time, any place, anyway. I'll make sure to put all this info in the show notes for you guys. And we will see you next time for another episode of the Made for This podcast. <music>